0: This year's donations might go to,
1: say, the geology department. Oh, dear, not the dirt people. Geology is a study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really.
0: What kind of activity has turned the lid Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks.
1: All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Geology Flannelcast. My name is Steve. Hey,
0: everybody, I'm Chris. Uh, Greetings.
1: That, that's what we were waiting for.
0: No. no. Oh no. <laughs> Jesse said he's got a big surprise for us when we start. He just said <laughs> no, 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 no. It was just a story. I can't believe. So <clears throat> I'm just gonna jump right into it. Here we go. go. Welcome okay. to the Premier Geology Podcast, everybody. Go ahead, Jesse. Thanks. This has been uh, this has been bothering me. So uh, when we were talking about you know bad things happening <clears throat> um, in, in with related to coal mine, we t- I mentioned Denora, Pennsylvania. Which had this famous smog from a steel melt smelter. There was a temperature inversion, you know, 20 people died. Anyway, the, the real thing that. Are I we going forgot- to get into this story later mm-hmm. on in the podcast? Did I, did I not mention Denoy? We, we mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. We didn't go into it, though. Oh, um, no. Well, I'll, I'll bring it up again.
2: All but- right. So, no. Like, just 20 people died. That's it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. But my favorite, my favorite baseball related fun fact that I never use, but I feel like it always is, is I'm always like, a, that's a really interesting fact, is regarding Denora, Pennsylvania. Because <clears throat> Ken Griffey Jr. is from Denora, Pennsylvania. What? How did you know that? Ken Griffey Jr. has almost 2,800 hits lifetime, like Hall of Fame yeah. baseball player.
1: Yeah, one of the greatest of all time.
0: He has uh, uh, he has the second most hits in the Major League of someone born on November 21st from Denora, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's the second who's, most? Second yeah, who's, who's number one? Dan Musial is also from, from Denora, also born on November
1: 21st. <laughs> I um, that happening. Wow. Yeah, I'm always like that. That. That is a fact that you can't really spout.
0: How did you find that? How did you like
1: come up with that? I
0: I don't know where I stumbled across that, but I remember like thinking like that's an incredible fun fact that I don't know when I would ever bring it up.
1: Oh man! So he decides
2: to bring it up on part three of our Cole trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, because because that works out.
0: That's that's what this episode's about. We're gonna tie it all together.
2: I love it. So um, as I said, this is uh, part three, and we're gonna we're gonna call quits at uh, after this one for our our Cole trilogy. You know, all all good, all great movies come in threes, and as a great podcast should as well.
0: So <laughs> you know, we'll we're gonna wait a few years, and then we'll do part four. We'll ruin it. We'll which ruin the whole franchise. <laughs>
1: and then we'll do three part on Swamps, the prequels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I like that actually.
1: There you go. Yeah, I'm
0: in. So,
1: um,
2: all right. So we're finishing up our our conversation on coal today. So last week, uh, we were kind of talking about like uh, emissions from coal, and uh, we talked a little bit about some environmental stuff. We went on a big old tangent about bowling balls and how they related <laughs> to <laughs> the <to> coal, <laughs> which apparently was a hit. Some people got made some comments saying that they yeah. uh, really enjoyed hearing about the, you know, how bowling balls are related to, uh,
1: bowling is the number one participation sport. Yes. It's... I'm telling you.
2: So anyway, so we're today, the golf today, we had some other things we wanted to kind of, uh, talk about on the more or less, uh, in- environmental side, um, uh, environmental concerns related or impacts, I should say, related to, uh, burning call and, uh, mining call as well. So that's the game plan for today.
1: Yeah. Um, Thornburg, you mind if I jump right into coal Please. gas? Please
2: do. Yeah. What so, is what is? How do you? I thought coal was a solid, Steve.
1: Ah, oh, very, very good question, Chris. Um, coal gas. Not only was it my nickname in high school, but uh, <laughs> also uh, I didn't even realize this that back in the day, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember like old timey like lamplighters and and stuff like like cities had uh gas lamps in order to illuminate their cities. They they used to actually hire dudes on stilts to walk around and light all the lamps at night and then extinguish them, you know, at the end of some predetermined time, whatever that was, um whether it was dawn or or you know the city decided like midnight is the, late enough.
2: I didn't know they actually hired someone to put you know put all our you know uh uh Light, the Light all the candles. Yeah, thank you. Yes. I thought that was just like if you if that was your building that you're at, you just evening came around, and put the candle on.
1: Uh so some sometimes for like personal stoves and and lamps inside your house and things like that. Yes, but for like street lamps and things, yeah, cities actually hired people. They were called well, lamplighters, and they would just walk around lighting the lamps. Um.
2: All right, the lamplighters. But,
1: but I just assumed that it was natural gas that was mined out of the ground, like oil. You know, uh, when was oil just dis- Covered in titusville 1800s right
0: 1858.
1: so i just assumed that you know in the process of extracting oil out of the ground that's pretty much where most of the natural gas comes out of the ground as well and i just never really realized that that's not where the gas for these lamps and stoves and early lighting came from in the industrial revolution it was actually from coal gas they would And this is a very simplified version of it, but they would essentially ship the coal in, burn the coal in these sealed chambers all day. And one of the byproducts of it is methane. And then they would take this methane. It was essentially pretty dirty and they would run it through some scrubbers, which essentially was like rusty mulch. It was mulch with iron oxide on it. And then all the impurities would attach to the iron oxide. And then, uh, so that would be like the filter. It would filter through and then they would put them into these big gas containers. And maybe you've seen these. They're, they're still around today, like driving up and down the highways or something like that, where you see these uh, big cylindrical girder systems. It looks like a big, just like skeleton of steel. And then inside that is is another, like, it looks like a big tank, big gas tank. And over the course of the day, they'd burn this coal and it would pump into it. And then that tank would rise up out of the ground as it was filled. And then at night, when they needed the gas to be distributed through the city, they would just open up the valves. And then the weight of that tank would actually push the gas down into the pipelines and push it out into the city. So, no kidding. yeah. So if you're really close, you know. And you, you lit your stove. You had like a 5-inch flame on your stove or a 10-inch flame on your stove. And then if you were the one all the way at the end of the line, you were barely getting any pressure. Um, so they did try to equalize this, obviously, like engineering-wise and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But in this process, you can imagine you are burning coal in sealed chambers. This is going to give you a lot of pretty nasty byproducts, mm-hmm. like tar, especially coal tar. Mm-hmm. You're, you're extracting all of the methane out of the coal and you're left over with this tar. I think you get,
2: it's not only that, but all the coal, like you're basically condensing all of the bad stuff from the coal, Right. Right.
1: So, so you get the coal tar and then, um, it, initially they would just take this car and just tar and just dump it. So like there's
2: heavy metals in there and
1: all kinds of stuff and, you know, PAHs and, and, um, um, uh, Possibly, yeah, just nasty stuff. And then they eventually they figured out, like, oh, this is tar. Like we can use this for waterproofing and roofing, and like so. It eventually they realized that this was now a commodity too. So that once they realized it was a commodity, it actually helped the environment because rather than just dumping it in the environment, like dumping it in the river or dumping it wherever, they actually took it and sold it, and it got you know equally distributed, I guess, around the city. But then you also had this purifier material, like once this iron oxide, this rusty mulch got saturated, it actually turned like, like bright blue, like Smurf blue. And it was full of all kinds of nasty stuff like cyanide and and mercury and, and just all, all kinds of nasty stuff. And what they used to do with this, because it was, you know, attached to mulch, it was wood, they would just stick it into ponds and it would just float in ponds and then eventually it would just like sink and then they just put dirt over top of it (laughs) like just
2: out of sight out of mind
1: exactly so (laughs) (laughs) this but this coal gas like the first town to um have gas was baltimore and uh, it was in the 19 or the 1830 late
2: 1830s real fast uh is so is coal gas the same thing as town gas
1: I believe it is, yes. Yeah, so. Because, <clears throat> so with Baltimore started it, and then within like a year or two, like New York and Philly and, and all the major cities up and down the East Coast started to use this process. Um, <clears throat> and then eventually it trickled down to, if you were a large enough town, chances are you had one of these coal gasification plants in your town. Because all it took was really just coal and then a distribution system. So, um, and just like any good capitalist society, these small town coal gas manufacturing plants were eventually bought up by bigger and bigger and bigger companies. And now, um, but they, you know, every you know, they have all these registers and books and things like that. Like they would, they would tell you the purity of the gas, like how many BTUs the gas were giving off, like all this stuff, how many cubic feet per, per, per year and all of, like, the, you know, there's meticulous, not meticulous, but pretty meticulous bookkeeping records of all these coal gasification plants. Like it's, it's really pretty interesting. And there was basically, you know, thousands of them, I think all over the place. Um, some, some more well-known and others are more well-documented than others. Um, but yeah, any, any sort of medium-ish size town probably had one of these at one time. If, if you're, if your town is 150 years or older. Mm. So when you look at a map of the United States with all the coal gas, you know, it's like the East coast is like covered in them. And then you had some you Know on in the west coast and things like that because you had to have access to coal and Pennsylvania, you know, West Virginia, Kentucky, and maybe Jesse, you can talk to this more. Like, I, I don't Pennsylvania coal has been around as long as I don't know forever since Pennsylvania's been a Pennsylvania
0: late 1700s, yeah, yeah,
1: but um, I'm not sure when like Wyoming or some of those other. Places where you mine coal, like where they started to come onto the map.
0: Much more recently. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> obviously, that's part of just westward expansion.
1: Exactly. So, the westward expansion, by the time the westward expansion was really happening, coal gas was kind of <clears throat> coming on the decline. Now, you know, it's from the late 1830s, and coal gas was fairly prominent up until about 1950. After 1950, most uh, coal gas plants just switched over to natural gas natural that's gas. mined out of the, the ground.
0: There, so, I mean, there there's still some that are around.
1: Yes. The
0: same process there. And, and maybe you'll talk about this.
1: No, and, and yeah, there were different processes and, and different, uh, like the low process and all, all these. Um, essentially, they, they kept refining it to get, to make it better, to, to get more BTUs yeah. out of it, to get more, uh, higher quality light out of it. Um, <clears throat> and to essentially just get more bang for your buck. Um, and you know, these processes essentially dragged it out longer and further until natural gas production just outpaced it.
0: So <clears throat> a lot of uh, one thing they do now is this thing called syngas do you know about this
2: i've heard of it i don't know what it's gas
0: where they they essentially use the coal and they they break it down into its chemical constituents you know hydrogen carbon monoxide and they basically combust that and to turn a turbine to produce electricity so they there's a bunch of you Syngas plants that are still around A bunch in the US too hmm. a couple, you know, maybe a dozen
1: No, oh, I, I did a have a,
0: Newer technology
1: Alright, well we'd like to thank our sponsor The Formatting Formula You can check them out at formattingformula.com Or YouTube forward slash C Forward slash Formatting Formula For all of your word formatting Documenting needs um, The Formatting Formula actually contacted me This week uh, They <clears throat> We're talking about they're editing a book, like a 600-page book. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's interesting. But apparently, it was a book that had been assembled over, like, I don't know, decades of clips and cuts and pastes and, like, fonts that don't even exist anymore and, like, just all kinds of weird stuff. So and it was were... a
2: nightmare, is what you're saying. A Microsoft <laughs> but, Word nightmare.
1: But they were able to, like, like someone... Was so at their wits end that they couldn't figure out how to do this. And then they came to the formatting formula. They said, Oh, okay, yeah, like, let me take, we'll start with your table of contents. And they fixed all that and figured like just hundreds of pages. And they're able to do it like lickety split.
2: The wizards. So
1: yeah. uh please check them out formattingformula.com, YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. If you want to teach yourself how to do it, um, or if you want to just be lazy like me. Um, just have them do it for you. <laughs> it's uh, su- super easy to do it that way. Um, why take the time to learn when you could just pay someone else to do it? Uh, but seriously, check them out. Formaticformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. And most importantly, don't forget to tell them the geology flannel cast. A good friend of the show, Dave, was talking to me. He used to work for um, a power production company on the East Coast in um, Eddystone right down near me in South of Philadelphia. And he said at one time when he was working there, the coal piles were so big, you know, in the eighties and nineties that you could actually see the coal piles from space. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Cause that's where the coal uh, power production plant was. I, they switched over a, a while ago. i want to say like 20, 25, 30 years ago from coal to gas or oil.
0: <clears throat> yeah. When we were last week, I, did, I didn't mention this. Uh, the I was reading a thing about just recently in like 2016 or 17, the largest clean coal uh, power plant actually converted to natural gas like three or four years ago. Yeah, I'm kidding, really. <clears throat> clean coal on the way out.
1: Yeah, it's all dirty coal now. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so that that's just a brief history of coal gas and coal gasification basically for a hundred years that that was how you lit your lamps and that's how you cooked your food Mm -hmm. um it really you know there were some industrial processes that did use it Uh, obviously the steel making Uh, steel making actually um when they made the steel it's it's a very similar process where the methane is piped off and they used to just like Like, oh, and then it wasn't until later on in the steel industry that they actually like coal gas companies would be like, Hey, well, why don't we just send a pipeline your way and we'll pipe it to our distribution facility and we'll make our coal gas and we'll steal your gas and we'll purify it for you and we'll you know. (laughs) And you're talking like I worked in central Pennsylvania where that gas pipeline is like a four foot diameter gas pipe. <laughs> now I, I don't know what the pressures they were dealing with back then, but it's that's like, that's, that's a lot of volume. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's pretty big. It's pretty big.
1: And you can imagine that the, the cost benefit rate, like it had to be a ton of gas in order to make that profitable to run a pipeline that big, you know, even though it wasn't that far of a distance, it was still, you know, a couple of miles. So, yeah, yeah. And you're talking over a hundred years ago. So wow. crazy stuff. That's, that's so, a lot. yeah.
2: So, um. A fun fact. I was. Uh, I looked this up. Uh, just the difference between coal gas and town gas. And so mm-hmm. you meant Steve. Looks like you hit the nail on the head with the <laughs> coal gas there. Town gas is more of a general term referring to manufactured gaseous fuels um, that were produced for uh, for the sale to consumers and municipalities. So, coal gas is more of a specific thing. Town gas is just more of the the generalized term yeah i like it yeah yeah so yeah that's uh that's- that, yeah
1: that was my bread and butter for a good five years was cleaning up coal gas plants from a 100 years ago <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that, I mean, that was uh well you've told the story earlier on the podcast uh geez maybe about a year ago now or no uh several months ago about how
1: oh where i almost blew up
2: yeah yeah so there's there's a one of the first episodes when we started a when we when we just started the reboot back in i feel like april or so steve was telling the story about uh,
1: yeah i told that story tonight in class oh did you people got a (laughs) kick out of it
2: yeah yeah so um yeah so there's still uh you know the, uh, the obviously these coal gas plants left a heck of environmental impact where you know people are still trying to clean this stuff up today. Yep. What was it? What the, the thing that, what is it that they're trying to clean up? Is it just like the,
1: uh, it's the, the coal tar itself tar. Okay. That's what is, is say. bad. And the purifier material is really bad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, they use this coal tar to like seal their own pipes. So, or they, they again, this purifier material was just, uh, used and discarded, um, the mm-hmm. cold tar itself has just a bunch of nasty stuff in it and it's really dense. So it, it, it's a sinker, not a floater. Okay. So in the groundwater, it it sinks all the way down. It basically usually doesn't stop till it hits, you know, essentially bedrock and then yeah. it can actually oh, seep it? into the bedrock. in the. Dean the apple, bedrock. huh? Yeah. apple Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it, for the most part, it's non-aqueous. There are a few constituents that that do, um, you know, become in, you know, get dissolved into the groundwater, obviously. And, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's hard to clean it up It's because it's expensive because it is a sinker. So, you yeah. you know, some of these sites, we've had to dig down 30 feet to get to the bedrock to scrape it off the bedrock because, like, there, there was nothing else that was working.
2: So, like, um, when you're cleaning, like, something like, like, what was the best, like, if to, you, I, I'll, let me shut this over again. If you're trying to remediate a situation like that, right that's places contaminated with this like just the kind of the leftover gunk from one of these uh, coal gas plants, what do you typically do to, to clean that stuff up?
1: It really is a, a site specific thing. It depends on it's, it depends on the accessibility. First of all, you want to get rid of all the source material. that's that's the main thing because that's yeah. where it's, that's just where everything's coming from. but I've been on some sites where the source material is 90 feet down. And you just can't dig up a two-acre site down to ninety feet. You just can't. So I've been on sites where we've actually designed—you um, essentially design a box, you build a box around it, and then it can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be there forever, but it's not getting into the groundwater anymore. It's, got to it's encapsulate not encapsulate it. Yeah, exactly. You call it in situ immobilization. So you can either freeze it in like concrete, or you actually build a concrete barrier wall all the way around it but then there are some issues that come with that because essentially you just created a bathtub. So what do you do every time it rains? What do you do? You know, there, there's all these different engineering, um, hurdles they have to, you know, jump through in order <laughs> yeah. to, to get it. Um, the purifier material, that stuff is, is usually, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy, nasty, gross. Like when you're drilling through it, like, Makes your teeth hurt like you just ate pennies. Well, stop eating it. That's yeah. you know. <laughs> no. Even just breathing, breathing air? the air nearby, it's it's nasty. Um, yeah. But that stuff's usually more shallow. So <clears throat> some of that, you know, obviously, if you can get to it, you just dig it out and you you sh- ship it to a place that can handle it. They either thermally desorb it or they dissolve it or they just put it in a landfill. Um, <clears throat> and then you have to. But I've been on some sites where all this purifier material is like, you know, one site, it was like under a million gallon natural gas tank. Like it would cost like, you know, $20 million to remove this natural gas wow. tank for us to how dig it big, up.
2: How big is a 1 million gallon tank? Yeah, <clears> what? <throat> uh, it's like a, a, Like approximate, just 50,
1: like... A 50 foot diameter by like, I don't know, 50 feet high, something like that.
0: So there's, yeah, that's like two Olympic-sized swimming pools.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty big. Um, I've had them where they're under, like, you know, it was under, like, uh, what was it, 12, 30,000-gallon 12, propane tanks. So, <laughs> again, it would cost tens of millions of dollars to decommission them, move them, Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: then dig up all the stuff and then put them back. Or what you could do is just you kind of drill around it and inject it with this material that either renders it inert or it you know essentially freezes them. Mm-hmm. But the problem is this stuff is is um it's organic material so when it decomposes it loses volume so then you're left with like essentially sinkholes oh under some of this stuff so then then it becomes a, a matter of like structural integrity and you know it's 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 really every every site is different. Yeah um, yeah sure and every state is different too about the level of to which you Tech regs have and to stuff. Yeah. have to clean it up to. So, um, from state to state, from site to site, it depends, but it, it, either way, it's not, um, it's, it's interesting. It's not easy. There are multiple components. It's not just D Sometimes it's L and D So
0: let's
2: we fast. We, I, I wanted to say this, but, uh, th- we talk about these terms D and L oh, yes. So if you never, if you've never heard of these terms, D stands for uh, dense non aqueous phase liquid and L napple stands for light non aqueous phase liquid. And so what it means is that it's this uh, it's this contaminant that it doesn't mix with water and the dense stuff has a, a higher density than water. So it sinks down and that's the, those are really hard to get to sometimes uh, especially if your aquifer, the bottom of your aquifer is like really, really far down. Sometimes it could be hundreds of feet you know, it can be yeah. really, really far down. It's, it's that, that stuff's really hard to, to, uh, to remediate, to get out of the groundwater, to get out of your aquifer. Um, L is a stuff like oil, like gasoline, diesel fuel, stuff like that. That's it's less dense than water. So it tends to float and they're a little easier to, to clean. You don't have to go down as, as deep yeah. to, get to that stuff. So we say D and L that's what we're talking about.
1: And the dense stuff doesn't just have to be like something thick and viscous. Like you're thinking of like tar, it can be like, uh, dry cleaning stuff like ah, a little tce TCE, pc like mm-hmm. you know it's it's just solvents to clean clothes but it's really nasty and it breaks down to even nastier things and it, but that is denser than water and that will sink and that that becomes a yeah becomes a problem
2: yeah so back to the uh back to the call stuff took a little I thought that was a cool little turn that we took there. Yeah, uh, I like just it. Just kind of like how you how you clean this stuff up. Um so moving on, let's uh you guys want to talk about some acid mine drainage? Sure. Some other some other fun stuff. I know Jesse's got he's all set with the chemistry for this and Jesse's going to blow
0: everyone's minds. Everyone <laughs> loves chemistry. Who doesn't yeah. like chemistry?
1: Do we need a whiteboard for this? Do, do <laughs> I have to share my screen or something? Yeah,
0: I'll bring out my tablet. <laughs> um yeah
2: so acid mine drainage I'll, I'll kick things off i'll just kind of give the a brief synopsis on what's what uh what acid mine drainage is all about so uh it comes from what uh, this is a process from when you're mining the call all right and you have uh so when they're removing the call you have a lot of these call tailings and the tailings are like uh it's like the stuff that It's not you can't really do anything with it, right? It has coal in it, but there's not enough that uh, you know you can you can make money off the stuff. It's kind of and and when coal forms, coal forms with a lot of times forms with the mineral pyrite, right? So the chemical well, this is where uh, Jesse's got the the the, I don't the reactions written down, but uh, you know where there the chemical formula uh, for pyrite is FeS two. And so what happens is rainwater comes down.
0: It mixes. It percolates don't, through. Don't step on my toes here. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm joking. You, I'm joking. Continue. Your, continue doing the percolator or whatever you're doing. It's time for the percolator.
2: <laughs> it's time yeah. for the percolator. <laughs> Rain. I guess I am stepping on your toes a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh, I don't.
0: I'll take it easy this episode. That's <laughs> great.
2: Rainwater percolates through the tailings. Uh, the water mixes with the pyrite, the FES2, and you get sulfuric acid coming out as a result. And so now you have you have sulfuric acid draining from uh, the tailings of these coal mines, and it can wreak havoc around uh,
0: just, uh, for
2: the whole area surrounding uh, the, the, the coal mines. So I know, this stuff gets into the rivers, uh, the streams, uh, all this, the streams draining away from the coal mine. And they also they call acid mine drainage yellow boy sometimes because hey, hey,
0: hey, you're, you're stealing all my my thunder here.
2: Oh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I had yellow boy. No, I don't. I'm,
2: I didn't realize that you're that close to, to yellow boy. And that was that was your thing.
0: It, yellow is my boy. <laughs> it's.
2: Yes, Jesse. What what happens? Why does it turn yellow? Why does the water turn yellow?
0: Well, I mean, it's first off, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got an issue with uh, w- with that term yellow boy. All right. I do. I want to be- because it's not always yellow, right? I, well, it's rarely ever yellow. It's yeah. orange. It always orange. It's always orange. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I've never seen yellow. Someone must have been, like, squinting or seeing it at, like, sunrise. What if, or they, what if they were, like, colorblind?
1: Yeah, Well, they would see it even more orange, wouldn't
2: they? I don't, yeah. know. I don't uh,
1: know.
2: Oranges and browns kind yeah, of... All the
1: rivers I've ever seen look like the color of your hat.
2: Yes. Wow. orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah orange. So... No, I, I've seen... I mean, I, I haven't seen too much of this in person, but I, I, I've i seen some, some yellow streams.
0: Yeah. So one of the things, you know... When you when the coal forms, you're in this very reduced environment. So that just means there's very little oxygen, and so in a reducing,
2: you you don't want the oxygen because you uh, when coal forms, you don't want the or orga- the plant material to decompose.
0: Yeah, uh, oxygen would would allow bacteria to to break down. So one thing that happens in a really reduced environment is that um, iron can can become soluble or can mobilize. And and so you get iron that, that concentrates. You do have some bacteria that that can work with the sulfur. It relies on methanogenesis. So it uses sort of methane. And so that that's sort of where you're getting sort of this sulfur and the iron. And I'm butchering that chemistry. And it, If you really know your chemistry, okay, cut me some slack. Um, This
2: is a podcast. We're not gonna. If you're just listening, we're not gonna show the. That's the 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 chemical reactions here.
0: The general the the general gist of it, and so that's where you get your pyrite. And so oftentimes you'll find in in you know coal seams, and one of the things you find with coal is is shale. So that's just like the mud that all the plants are falling into in this swamp environment, and so you get these big, beautiful pyrite crystals. Oftentimes, I have a I have a giant one. I should take a picture for the Instagram, or we can tweet it out. Um, and they're like sometimes you get these beautiful crystals. But yeah, like you were saying, when you dig up the coal, you get the slate too, and so you have to separate the slate from the coal, and. You know that was you know back in the day the the breaker boys so the the little the the you know eight nine ten year old kids little hands they would they would literally just sit on a wooden board as it as the rock would would go into the breaker which would as the name implies break it up and it would come down essentially a chute or like a conveyor and so you know as it comes down this conveyor they're just picking out. The coal from the slate or the shale. Oh wow! And so if you if you've ever held slate or shale, they're they're really sharp, sharp. Yeah. So these kids would just get like just beat up. Um, tough, tough life. But you know all of that waste material, you know, the tailings, as you said, you would just pile up in these coal piles. And yeah, there's some coal in there, but it's mostly just shale and, and, and slate, depending on where you're at. The largest uh, man made coal pile is, is outside of, I want to say, Shimokin, Pennsylvania. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, you know, it's just all the, it's got to go somewhere. So they just pile it up and so there's these man made mountains. Um, but th- this is part of the problem. When the rock is buried, you know all of those layers and all the pyrite, you know is it's, it's a underground and b it's it's in these solid layers, and it's when you break it up and you bring it to the surface, it not only mixes with rainwater but it also mixes with oxygen, and starts to oxidize, oh. and so you liberate the iron and the the you, you get the sulfur um, and the oxygen mixing with the water and it turns it into like you said sulfuric acid you also get ferrous iron you get ferric iron that then oxidizes more into ferrous iron three plus yeah fe3 plus is ferrous fe2 plus is ferric um and so you know this this is is acidic and the with the with the sulfuric acid but it's only once you bring the ph above three i didn't know this until sort of recently um So water, anything that has pH. Did we talk about this last week? I don't remember. No,
2: we didn't touch pH at all last week. So pH is just. Oh wait, maybe we we did a little bit.
0: How acidic or how alkaline, how basic it is. It's the inverse
1: log of the concentration of the hydrogen ion.
0: Yeah. So the seven is neutral, and everything below seven is acidic. And so natural rainwater is what? A little
2: little acidic.
0: Yeah. 5, 5.
2: 7, 6, yeah, we did
1: touch on that a tiny bit last week. Yeah, I
2: remember it, the, the acidity of, uh, or the pH of Coca-Cola yeah, is 2.5. Yeah. yeah, and so
0: yeah. that, so this this stuff, it could have pHs, you know, you can get down into the 4s and the 3s. When it, when it gets right around 3 or, or, or higher, it, um, the Fe3 plus, uh, Turns in, uh, reacts and turns into ir- iron hydroxide, which is what you're seeing in this water, and that's and that's where the the color change. Color. Yeah. yeah, And So okay. it just makes it orange.
2: Yeah, at about three. PH yeah,
0: three. yeah, about three or, or higher.
2: Um, do you, how, like so? What's the rate Like so? How much higher? Like obviously, like we're not. Do you just want to say like just at about? approximately a pH of three is when the
0: yeah, a pH of three. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the acidity of this water can drop below three. There's places t- it's, Oh, it's way lower than three in some
2: places. Like could, I've heard of negative pHs. I was just going to
0: say, and in, in, yeah, there's some, um, yeah. Negative three, negative two, negative three. That's which,
2: really acidic. That would probably burn you. Right. Yeah. I don't think that would be, you know,
0: that's, now, that's not, not, I think you, you, those,
1: the corrosivity doesn't necessarily have to do with pH. You can have something that's corrosive that has a high pH as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. But uh, the the really negative one was actually a sulfide mine. Oh, jeez. Like <laughs> but oh, it, geez. it's so part of the thing with acid mine runoff is that like it's 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 the fact that you're breaking it up and exposing it to water and oxygen that it starts to react. Uh You know, and it's, you know, when it's not um, exposed, it's fine. But part of the problem, especially, say, in Pennsylvania, where you have, like, deep mines and things like that, is that not only are you breaking up these rocks, but a lot of times these mines are below the water table. Uh And so while you're actively mining, you're pumping the water out so it stays dry. But as soon as you stop mining it, It just fills with water. And so now the water is flowing through and and sort of reacting. And so you get these outflows from these old mines that that are super acidic, you know, below five in most cases. And it just becomes it becomes an issue in terms of, you know, it's really bad. The main effect is that it essentially kills everything because because aquatic life is super attuned to pH. Well, so actually I want to talk
2: about this for a little bit. Oh, when in. when so when acid mine drainage is first introduced into a stream system, right? And let's just say we lower the pH a little bit to be like slightly acidic, like nothing crazy. At first, the plant life starts to thrive because the, the plants like this, like slightly acidic situation, all right, this, these slight, this slightly acidic condition, but that doesn't last very long. All right. <laughs> so we're taking, we're dropping this pH all the way down. And then what ends up happening is it, it kills off the, it kills off the life inside the streams, like your, your fish and things like that, not because of the pH, but because of uh, the iron precipitating out. So it's basically little tiny flakes, of iron in the, oh. in the water and it clogs or not, it doesn't have to just be iron by the way, it's just metals, right? Like we said, this, these acidic conditions tend to mobilize the metals. Well, some of these metals start to precipitate out and it starts to clog up the gills of the fish. And so the fish, they, they can't breathe. They essentially asphyxiate and they die. And the, the, the pH doesn't actually end up killing them. They just end up suffocating because their gills are clogged with, hmm. with metal. That's kind um, of crazy. Yeah, and then you keep on dropping the pH and then all the plant life dies. And so then you get into these situations where the pH, where it's just the, the streams are so acidic that there's just no life at all. And it just, it looks like a toxic waste dump. Like if, if you ever, yeah. you'll know like uh, a stream that's been affected by acid mine drainage because it's it can be this like bright neon orange color or this yellow color. And you just look at it and you're like, that's not good for business at all. Like it's yeah. It's, <laughs> what, what
1: what grows in it? Just algae, right? It depends. You, I'm you, sure. I'm sure there's something that can
2: live in, in it.
0: Uh, yeah, maybe some. I, I strength, don't, but I don't. Not much. Yeah, so you, yeah. Because, like you said, you get you get heavy metals. Sometimes you know you get levels of arsenic and aluminum. Aluminum, that's the big one. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, if you if you've ever been in a stream. That has AMD in it, like it makes your skin feel real scaly, and you kind of smell a little funny after you get out of it. It, I'd say so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a spa, but it's Uh, it's interesting. Death spa. (laughs) Because you know some of the some of the strip mines, some of the stripping pits, when when they're done stripping them out, they they're you know they fill up with water because they've dug below the water table and the water in them is is like the most pristine blue or green color you've ever seen they look really pretty because the the level of say aluminum is so high that it just kills oh you. okay ah. and so like nothing nothing can live in it and so yeah but when you swim in them and you come out you, your skin feels kind of funny and you know it, it definitely has this slight metallic smell so, nice jesse i gotta i have a question
2: for you growing up in coal country yeah so you've you've swam in these these old strip uh strip mines that yeah. have been since filled up with water right you sure have all right two questions for you that i that i've heard and i don't know if this is true or not mm. let's see if you can confirm this number one i was always told never base jump or not base jump, uh, uh cliff jump into into these uh, you know in, into these uh the old mines that fill up with water because they leave the the crane inside inside the <laughs> yeah. mine and the mine fills up with water you can't see it but you could potentially when you jump off the cliff clip the crane which might just be a little bit underwater
0: yeah usually the, usually the cranes in the middle so you don't have to okay. worry too much about it okay but, but yeah off especially off the the tall cliffs mm-hmm. yeah I wouldn't because people push old cars and stuff <laughs> so there's just because like when it's funny like when I was in high school there was a, the one year there was a really big drought and the one the water level of the one <clears throat> stripping pit dropped and you could see like almost like a bathtub ring mm-hmm. and you could see like people had graffitied the wall under the water level the one thing it, it said, Bone dry summer of '76 or something, <laughs> but it know, like all along the, the high wall, where you know the cliff the cliff wall, you could see like a couple cars here and there. And,
2: ah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you know, as you come down lower off the, there's usually a ledge. You just jump wherever where where people know to jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's the best, that's the best part about going to these. Don't
2: do the cliff jumping
0: full disclosure or full, you know, let me just cover my bases here. Do not swim in stripping pits. <laughs> the, 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 the motto is stay out, stay alive. There you go. So I want to, yeah, I don't in, in, endorse this. So I've heard the. <laughs>
2: But if you happen to find yourself in a life or death situation at your own be, risk at your own, there might be a fire behind you. And the only way to escape the fire is to jump off the cliff at your own risk. You want to jump where everyone else is jumping, right? So <laughs> the other thing I've heard, and this sounds kind of bogus to me. I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe this, but have you heard anything about there being like weird, like currents under Oh yeah.
0: people die all the time because well, the- it's true so no, I don't know about weird. Like it'll suck you down. The car oh, yeah. will suck you down. Yep. hundred percent. Cause you might hit or, you know, the, if there's like a pocket of air, you know, under just the rubble or, or if there's tailings or whatever left behind and it, it, it might create a little whirlpool. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like that, it just, Whoa. Okay. Every,
2: I heard that and I was like, that sounds like a bunch of BS to me. I'm not, really I mean,
0: lying. yeah, I, I don't know how much is that's it's it's sucking people in mm-hmm. versus you know half the time people are swimming in these things they've been drinking alcohol and making risky decisions too but <laughs> yeah it's I, I would say it's a it's a real thing. There you have it,
2: ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> but uh, so real quick back to the outfall situation where you have these deep mines and all this groundwater is now running through it. <laughs> um i've had situations where i was out drilling near the susquehanna river and prior to drilling you actually had to go and map all the mine shafts in the area to ensure that when you're drilling you don't drill into an empty mine shaft and create uh like yeah. a lake Pinure type situation where yep. the river actually starts flowing into the mine
0: <laughs> and we we
1: do we talk about the Knox Mine disaster? I, th- I think we did. Yeah,
0: where they, they tunneled under the Susquehanna River. No, we yeah. did not talk about. i never heard about this. So. Oh, oh so they, they right, tunneled sorry. under the Susquehanna River, and the river collapsed down into the mine. Oh my God! And it created this big whirlpool suction. The river started flowing in, and they dumped coal boxcars.
1: Yeah, like rail rail cars yeah, after rail cars, rail cars to try to fill it up and like clog the up hole, in.
0: but. Yeah, it's uh so
2: they they eventually
0: clogged up the hull. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the river
1: like yeah, it was a big like, deal.
0: Flooded until it flooded the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it flooded the tunnel and then there was nowhere else for it to go. Um yeah, near on on the one near my uncle's house, where everyone knows, hmm. uh his he lives on the side of a of Sharp Mountain which is... You know, I'm sorry, they, did you wait, say sharp, sharp mountain?
1: Sharp, sharp. <laughs> okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> so, <clears throat> where they still, they still actively mine coal. In, um, and, he, <laughs> you know, recently in the past couple of years, uh, just like essentially a spring opened up on the side of the mountain and just orange water has been pouring out. So it's almost like a natural spring but it's basically mine water that has just found a pathway and it just busted through the side of the hill. And it just came down into the streets of the town of Palo Alto. Oh, man. Sharp, wow. really, Sharp mountain is is what we're going to call it from now on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Leave some Hershey squirts down the side there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so what ha, it, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but can they like in situ remediate that? Like just, dump a bunch of limestone there
0: yeah so they that's that's essentially you know you can you sort of either you can actively treat it or passively treat it and so in a case like that you probably have to actively treat it where you you put in like you you pump it into a a treatment but yeah like the it's all calcite or, or calcium you're trying to neutralize it so you could do things like tumblers which are just barrels with crushed limestone and you have the water flow through it. Now the limestone becomes all uh, armored after a little bit. Yeah.
1: Saturated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you replace that a lot, or, you know, you could put an active like, um, treatment plant. There's a few in the state of Pennsylvania where you could do passive treatment, which is where you essentially create like a wetlands And, and you want to put either retention ponds and um y- y- a series of retention ponds and then y- you want to try and find something um that that naturally is going to absorb say the metals and things like that and and sort of neutralize things and uh pussy willows are really good at
1: this hmm. interesting so yeah.
2: but then isn't uh, like then the vegetation that absorbs these metals then they're contaminated and well you, you know one problem, dispose...
0: one problem at a time <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: but, yeah then you take all those plants and you burn them in an incinerator and put, put it right back very in very right? thin layer all across everybody yeah right.
2: <laughs> the solution to pollution is dilution right so there you that's go. How it works uh, no but uh so to remediate yeah to remediate this acid mine drainage um you 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 see it a lot oh, a fair amount in Pennsylvania and West Virginia. You just have these, it's for, it works best with like these like smaller streams where you just have kind of uh, these piles of uh, the, these gravel piles of limestone and kind of like what Jesse was saying, just as the water, as the, as the really acidic water flows through the limestone, the limestone neutralizes the water. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty, uh simple, relatively simple fix, you know, you just have to, make sure that the water keeps on flowing through the limestone and that'll depending on, you know, obviously it's all, depending on the severity of how bad the, the acid mine drainage or what we call AMD in the biz is. <laughs> uh, but I've seen it where you, uh, you see these creeks where the, um, the water's flowing through these, you know, the limestone gravel. And then on the other side, you see like crayfish walking around and, and in the water. And so usually if you see, if you see aquatic life, that's usually a good sign. Life tends to be pretty, uh,
0: yeah, you know, it,
2: it,
1: it, uh, life.
2: Uh, life always finds a way. Finds I guess. A way. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's uh, that's probably the most common way of uh, simplest, also of a uh, kind of uh, remediating this the acid mine drainage within the the streams. And then it also does uh, things where if if it's bad enough, it can actually screw up entire aquifers and. and towns have had uh their their water source all their water turns acidic and you can't drink from that anymore it's uh it's it's a huge problem especially like in the the big coal states like west virginia and pennsylvania
0: yeah so one of the one of the things you know there there is so there's a a a remediation fund there's a national fund uh to remediate coal lands because Pennsylvania has the distinction of of having the most abandoned mines and and mineland in the country. We also have the most abandoned oil and gas wells as well. So we're
1: just.
2: I did not know about that.
1: We're uh, really. Yeah, it's like tens of thousands. It's (laughs) it's insane. Yeah. Did we? uh,
2: So, well, real fast, fun fact uh, the first coal mine in Pennsylvania, Jesse said, was late 1700s. It was actually. The first anthracite mine. Anthos, okay, so the first oh, the first bituminous coal mine in Pennsylvania was around, uh, opened up around 1760 at a place called Coal Hill, uh, which is just across the Monongahela River from the city of Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Um, <clears throat> one of the, I think one of the issues with uh, reclamating, especially acid mine drainage, is that, the biggest coal producers now are like Wyoming is the biggest coal producing state. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. They don't have an AMD, but they don't have an acid drainage problem. So they don't have enough water. They don't. <laughs> so th- they, well, they do have rivers in
2: uh, Wyoming, obviously, but I, isn't it just what I would, the first thing I think of is it's a, it's just drier in Wyoming. It's
0: drier. So, so there is this, um, yeah, basically a fight over what to use this reclamation money for. And oh, they don't want to earmark it for acid mine runoff because that's not the problem they have. How mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, so that I mean that's that's what I was always told. I don't have the the exact ins and outs of it.
1: No, you're not a coal lobbyist.
0: Yeah. Yet. <laughs>
1: If anybody out there is looking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, man, I feel like we should talk about Centralia.
0: Well, yeah,
2: we should. So yeah. Centralia is this beautiful town in Pennsylvania. If you're ever visiting Pennsylvania, be sure to hit up the town of Centralia. Um, yeah,
1: northwest, right?
0: Yeah, like north, like east central.
1: Wait, I said northwest. You said yeah, northwest. I, north, I meant northwest. northeast.
0: Northwest is like
2: I was like, what yeah. is these yeah. are? Right? <laughs> no. I meant to yeah. say northeast. Yes. Yeah.
1: But you're saying north central. Well, it's east. called
2: Centralia, isn't it? Because it was it's near central Pennsylvania. No, well right? no,
1: yeah. it's pretty pretty far on the east coast. You, actually, yeah. geographically,
2: I have no idea where Centralia is. I've been there, I have no idea where in yeah. the state Centralia is. Yeah, it's it's
0: like a half hour north of pencil of uh, Pottsville.
2: Oh, it's that all close. right, so we're saying like, yeah. okay. All right, so. Yeah, so East I would say East, East Central. Central. Okay, all right. So Centralia is this town where it, it's, it's in call country, and there was a, it was just like a landfill dump kind of area. And well, it was a town. Well, yeah, there was it was a town, but in the, in the in the town, it, the whole town wasn't a landfill. Slash, yeah. that came out wrong. That came out wrong. so in the town, there was this little landfill area, and they're 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 burning garbage, right? Is that how the whole thing started?
0: Yeah, it was the fire department it was burning.
2: Oh, that's right. It was the fire department. Okay, I wasn't sure.
0: So it was, you know, it wasn't like a lamp. It was just, yeah, it was an old pit that they would dump the town's garbage and then they would burn it so they could fit more garbage in it.
2: It just so happened to be that this town had a coal seam that came to the surface right at the uh <laughs> at the, the landfill and yeah. they were burning it and then the coal seam caught on fire. 1962. It was wow that's that's been burning for a while. <laughs> So uh, the coal seam caught fire and long story short, nobody can put this thing out and it's still burning today.
0: That was, yeah.
2: 60, 60-ish years.
0: Yeah, so they- 59
2: <clears throat> years this year. So
0: part, of, part of the issue was, so it caught this seam on fire, is that a lot of these underground mines had been, one, they were poorly mapped and two there was a lot of like bootleg mines that had gone in and so every one of these mines created passageways for air to get in to feed the fire
2: mm.
0: cuz fire can't just burn coal underground you know no, unless
1: you need free. that fire tetrahedron right you need fuel you need the chemical reaction you need the oxidizer and you need heat i like that tetrahedron <laughs> yeah <I'm> telling you <laughs> <laughs> The things you learn here at the yeah. final Cast.
0: It's not just a pyramid, Mm-mm. no. It's a
1: tetrahedron. So
2: <laughs> the the fire caught in 1962 and is a really bad problem, and they actually had to close down the town. Now yeah. Was it? What was? What was? I forget now. It's been so long since I've talked about this, but was it that there was like slumping that was occurring? It, no, was it, it was the, the gases that were coming it out. Was the
0: gas? The well, gas. so it was. It was the gases. They tried. They tried a few half, you know, half-assed measures to put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was the it, the big th- one of the big things was it was just yeah, carbon monoxide was see- seeping up into people's basements, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> they started detecting like heat near the gas station in town. Ooh. Uh, and then yeah, then there was a subsidence <clears throat> that opened up. And a little boy fell into it. Now, he survived because he like grabbed onto some tree roots. Mm-hmm. But that was in sort of the early. So that's years. like
2: we were just literally before the podcast started. We were talking about Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> yes. That's like some Indiana Jones stuff right there. We're just mm-hmm. like so. Basically, there was a, a void. I, I, I guess the what? How did that? How did that happen? Why was like a sinkhole?
1: A Essentially, sinkhole. the yeah. coal burned away, and then it was left oh. with a void. Okay. Then,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. And so that was i want to say that that like brought attention to it that was the early 80s and so by the mid 80s <clears throat> they finally <clears throat> um condemned the town and allocated money to basically move everyone out
2: well then the the, it's the the main road leaving town that's all like buckled up to, and it's just yeah like, they had to uh, divert
0: the- like a several mile section mm-hmm. yeah yeah, because the yeah, the fire burned under it. So that was Route 61. Yeah. And so when I when I was still a kid, we would we would go on that high like I mean, you would go through we go through Centralia to go to other towns around there because there's a couple other big bigger towns near it. Uh-huh. And the they don't exactly know where the fire is burning today. Which what, is really they don't like I mean, they, they don't have they don't have a good handle on no. no. <laughs>
1: just, there have been a few studies to try to um yeah capture the geothermal energy from it and actually yeah. like or pump like- water into the ground to, to heat it up, to get energy from it and, or to cool the fire down to try to slow it, slow down yeah. its progress. But yeah, it's uh, there's just not enough funding and research.
0: Yeah. It's
1: <clears throat> um,
0: yeah. It's, it's sort of interesting because there's, there's a few holdouts. They, they lost their, post office a couple of years ago. So it's not uh-huh. technically a town anymore, but there are, I want to say like 11 people that still live there.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but yeah, they, they don't know. Cause there's, you know, on one side of it, there's, there's uh, the town of Ashland and then Mount Carmel is, is near it as well. And so, yeah, to say they would have to, the, to say, they know where it's burning. Cause you're sort of right in one of these folds where it's you know the coal sits in these synclines, um, which are the downfolds. If, if mm-hmm. you remember your your geology, um, but you're going right out of it. It's in one of the arms, so there's a lot of weird folding because literally across the street from it, they're actively still mining.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, so that that active coal mine, there the the fire's not going to go over there.
0: They like, they have detected over that detected on the other side of the hill, so yeah. it's it's very strange. So they think it's burning like towards Ashland, which is would be a problem because that's a town of several thousand
1: people.
2: Isn't there like some kind of estimate that they think the fire is going to be going for like two hundred years? Uh,
1: and yeah. I've read that, and I've also read that they think it's going to burn out in twenty. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, right, I, don't so. I don't know if they really have a hold uh, yeah. a handle on it. Yeah.
0: It is. It's interesting it's really funny because I just I looked I just pulled up the Wikipedia page for Centrale right now and there's a little section on mineral rights because there's this conspiracy theory that the state declared eminent domain to move people out to get the mineral rights for the anthracite coal beneath the ground because there's so much coal there and uh <clears throat> and there's some thought that the burning coal is actually coking the the leftover coal which would make it even more valuable <laughs> i, oh, I like this is a good you, one
2: I, I never heard of this one but yeah this, no is, well it's, it's funny
0: because like i i've heard it once or twice from some like you know like crazy old guys at the bar mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't realize that it it had gained enough traction to get its own little Wikipedia spot.
1: Nice. Oh, look, look at that.
2: So this, this situation at centrally that we're talking about, this actually happens from time to time. Central is obviously uh, a man-made issue. That's, that's been going on, but there's also, um, there's another formation. I think it happened. Like there's things like where, when lightning, lightning will strike an outcrop of call and it'll, it'll catch fire there's one called the Burning Brule Formation. Now, I've seen it out in South Dakota, and yeah. you can see it, there's there's smoke coming out of it. It's a, it's, a, um, it's, it's coal, and, and um, well, obviously it's coal. But <laughs> supposedly the story goes that when Lewis and Clark were going across the country, they saw this burning Brule formation smoking, and uh, uh, so and and supposedly this thing's just been burning for the last.
1: Two hundred years.
2: Two hundred years ish. Yeah, and they they, yeah. They, don't, they don't know when it started, but they think it, it had to have started from from a lightning strike.
0: I think they they've got isn't that with the one where they have like the Native American tribes out there have stories about it too, like in mm-hmm. their yeah in their sort of narrative.
2: Yeah, it's because <clears throat> it's been smoking just you know all throughout recorded history.
0: You know, and I mean this gets back to when I, I talked about. Nico Allen discovering anthracite. you know, he accidentally he had his hunter trapper and he <clears throat> had his campfire. and He accidentally lit a seam on on fire. I think people don't realize maybe how common coal fires are. like <clears throat> there's um, there there's there's a bunch actively burning in Pennsylvania. This one's sort of famous because it wiped out the town and, and
2: actually, what was the uh, it it was the inspiration for
0: Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, if you it, it used to be when, especially on, on cooler days, it would create this haze or this fog, mm-hmm. and you come up over the hill and it would be creepy. I mean, it's a it's an eerie place. Jesse and I ran a, a, a geology
2: field trip there years ago. At yeah. this point now, um, It was fun. That
0: was, was a good. There's thing. also
1: uh, in the movie, uh, nothing but trouble. I think uh. we talked about this before. There's the digital underground and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, and huh. Dan Aykroyd.
2: Did we do a podcast with Centralia
0: before? We might. It sounds very familiar. I think we might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. So I, I, go up to Northeastern Pennsylvania every so often because you know my wife's family, her, her cousins and and grandmother live up, up there and. Carbondale and Archibald, which are north of Scranton. And there's, I'm trying to think of, I'm, I'm I can't think of there. It's either route eight, it's in interstate 81 or it's route six, which is called the Casey highway. But you go past this outcrop, you go through this road cut and there's this outcrop and you see this big seam of coal and part of it, you know, as you're driving up, especially in the winter time, you could see it. There's just smoke coming from it. I want to say it's up near Carbondale. There's like an active mine fire going on, Jeez. which, you know, it it's kind of, you know, it's, it, I don't think people realize how many mine fires and, and how sort of difficult they are to put out, especially, you know, when, when there's not much money left, there's a lot of money still in coal, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, it doesn't. It, it becomes tough because a lot of times in these coal lands there's no one to to essentially charge for this because mm-hmm. the, the, the coal company that dug it up or whatever has long since declared bankruptcy or is out of business
1: yeah that's where like things like super funds yeah exactly
0: um hey
2: so while we're talking about this uh fun fact we i got on uh one of the comments on our, uh, the YouTube video that we had for the, the part one episode of, of this amazing coal trilogy. We have, <laughs> uh, this, uh, let's see the, we use canaries. We talked about canary in the coal mine, right? We use the, the old, the old school miners used to use canaries, um, to detect when there was, they're running out of oxygen, uh, inside these mines and it wasn't until sir humphrey davy invented the davy safety lamp in 1815 and they got rid oh. of they stopped using the uh, the canaries
0: interesting
2: so thanks out there for the uh, for that fun that fun fact there It is a fun fact <laughs> yeah the davy safety lamp i have no i didn't look it up i have no idea how it works but it sounds <laughs> like it saved a lot of canaries yeah since uh, that
1: that's how PETA was formed
2: i don't I'm just making that up about that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a lie. (laughs) So,
2: um, all right. Any other um, fun tidbits you want to add here for this? uh, For this episode,
1: call part four.
2: Uh, I mean, we could go to call (laughs) part four, but I'm I'm kind of called out at this point. I think three plus hours of of talking about call. I think that we've done our fair share of research for this one.
0: Yeah, the one thing we didn't talk about with acid mine drainage, and I'll just mention it real quick, is they're starting to explore the possibility of, or what they're finding is that within the, the, the where, where you have acid mine drainage or acid mine runoff, when it, when it, one of the things that are precipitating out that goes into solution, Uh, you know you get heavy metals and aluminum and iron and whatnot but they're finding recoverable trace uh, amounts of rare earth metals Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so there's this there's this push now to to sort of exploit this and, and get rare and rare earths um i think steve knows more about rare earths than i do but they're they're used in any electronics you have and
1: yeah, they're yeah. you know, um,
0: and we're sort like, of re- we're reliant on importing them. So. Yeah,
1: like something like a neodymium is a rare earth, but it's a it's a very powerful magnet, and that's what makes things like um, gyroscopes and uh, even small motors, like for drones and things like that. Like those neodymium magnets are really light, but they're really strong, so. It, makes for lighter stronger more efficient motors and things like that but it's you know it's called a rare earth element it's (laughs) pretty hard (laughs) to find so they're they are expensive and because they're being used more and more the supply and demand chain um so the price is going up so now mining something mining something like acid mine drainage is now becoming more and more feasible and possibly profitable.
0: Yeah, so, so maybe maybe we'll make some use out of this. And 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 part of the extraction method, you, you take the you take the runoff, and you, and you want to precipitate out these these metals. And essentially, the the byproduct or the end product after you get the metals is is clean water. So. Some you know, be, may, yeah, maybe some good will come come from it. I wonder there if
2: that's go. the only way to mine material to actually have a good outcome. Well, I guess <laughs> not, because you still have to mine the coal to begin with and start an environmental well, nightmare. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: no, there. You know, there's no way to not leave a footprint.
2: There's no free lunch, as the economists would say.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is tough yeah but um yeah so this was this was exciting but yeah i think if we did call part four we our subscribers would go from 2000 down to two so <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know why
1: uh we forgot to pay the bills today
2: oh yeah i was gonna say that uh yeah formatting
1: see. formula uh <laughs> formatting formula.com youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula um they're gonna be Upset with me today. For
0: we might not lose our subscribers, but we might lose our spot.
1: <laughs> <And> it's funny. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, good friend of the show, Dave, who worked in Eddie with Nicole. They they work for the Formatting Formula, so they're ah. so maybe because I mentioned them earlier in the podcast, they won't be so mad that I forgot <laughs> to put in our ad for the Formatting Formula. But again, you know, I say it every week, but. Uh, check them out They're awesome uh, YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting Formula. They could teach you anything you need to know For a word Alright
2: so also don't forget to Check out uh, uh You can See all the we'll post up links For, for the a lot of the stuff that we talk About for on the Episodes every once in a while We'll do a listener questions episode so uh, Send away uh, you know Click the link for listener questions and uh, let us know what your, uh, the the burning questions about geology that you have that just keep you up at night. You know, we'll and, do our best to try to answer them.
1: Yeah. And I don't know so. if you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you may be like, Steve, where did you get that sweet t-shirt that's hanging <laughs> up in the background? Uh, and I got that from the merch section of the geology So check it out. You can buy uh, T-shirts, yeah. sweatshirts, Coffee mugs. Um, the
2: coffee know. mugs will make your coffee taste at least 20% better than. That's it's a good point. It is. What you were
1: normally drinking. Just and, and what I do like about it is it's kind of most coffee mugs are left-handed in that if you're drinking it with the right hand, it shows other people. I like that I'm right-handed. And when I'm drinking it, I get to read it every time I drink it. It comes right to me. <laughs> you know, cause let's face it, we're all probably drinking coffee by ourselves these days. So, uh, yeah, that's right. yeah, check it out.
2: Coffee mugs, uh, stickers too, all that stuff. Uh, so if you like the, if you like the podcast and you'd like to help us out a little bit, um, with some, uh, some upgrades that we're, we're working on, uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Um, you sponsor, uh, you can sponsor us and, uh, that's we have different tiers of sponsorship, and it starts as at little as two dollars a month. So every every little bit helps. Um, I put the videos up on YouTube every week, so uh, you can check us out at Geology Flannel Cast on YouTube, uh, on Twitter at Geo Flannel Cast. That's the only one that's different. Facebook.com slash Geology Flannel Cast. And hey, what's up with that Instagram site, fellas? What's uh Instagram site? Listen to me. I am. What's What's up with the Instagram? Insta.
0: The Insta. percolate. I'm adding something right now.
2: All right, I I got a picture to add to. Um, yeah. Need the weekly post. Yes, thanks, Maddie. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, we, also, we got we got to work on it. Also, I forgot this uh, on the Patreon. There's different. <laughs> I'm absent-minded right now. Uh, if uh, on the Patreon, we have different tiers of of sponsorship. You can uh, if you join the courts level tier, you can come hang out with us uh, before. And during and after each podcast every week, uh, we got a, we got a good crew. Uh, we have a yeah. fun time hanging out and uh, come join us everyone.
1: Yeah. Oh. And they, they send us nice little chats during the uh, podcast. They keep us on track and Heck. or to sidetrack us one or the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please check us out. They're busted pretty
2: good today. And I'm
1: always,
0: it
1: was, it was a, uh, a fair ribbing this uh, before the podcast today, but it's all in fun. Yeah. So you too can join in on the fun for as little as a quartz membership to bust Steve's chops.
2: There you go. (laughs) So, all right, that's it everyone. Thanks so much for, for listening. If you like the podcast, tell a friend.
1: Uh, Yeah. Also for February, it's tell a loved one February for Valentine's day. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we'll, so, we'll have to well I'll take pictures of uh Jesse in various seductive poses for Instagram.
2: He's gonna be wearing like um angel wings and like I'll give him a little
0: bow and arrow <laughs> yeah. with the
1: yeah the maybe a little little devil horns or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be awesome.
0: Laying I, in a bed of laying in a bed of coal.
1: <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you'll see it on the calendar. We'll come up with a calendar for 2022. Well, <laughs> Jesse Pit Up calendar. <laughs> yeah
1: uh that's the uh that's the molybdenum member of the uh patreon <laughs> right.
2: which i think comes out of acid mind drainage as well
1: Ooh, perhaps. oh perhaps full circle
2: yeah there we go all right ladies and gentlemen uh <laughs> mark loves molybdenum uh thank you mark <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for for hanging out and for listening. We love you guys and we will catch you with a fun action-packed episode next week. I have no idea what we're talking about. We haven't decided yet and it's not gonna be about call. I can tell you about that <laughs> I can tell you that much. So thanks everyone and we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. goodbye.